It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The New Statesman. You're listening to audio long reads from The New Statesman, the best of our reported features and essays read aloud. In this episode, Nothing Prepares You, A Journey Through Ukraine at War, written by Bruno Masayish and read by Katie Stallard. This article was published in the 1st of February 2023 issue of The New Statesman and online. The Ukrainian city of Izum was liberated in September, halting the near siege of Slovyansk, a city in the Donetsk region that Russia tried to take for most of 2022. Nothing prepares you for the drive between the two cities, where major battles took place. For dozens of miles, an image of destruction. Almost no buildings are standing. Forests have been shelled, the fallen trees pointing towards the north, and in the forests, there are the graves of the dead, which the Russian troops marked only with a number. You realize this is scorched earth. Everything was targeted, the people, the houses, the trees, and even the dust. As you enter the Donetsk region, near the village of Dolina, the forests give way to the steppe. The sunset is blood red, like an Arkeep Kowinji painting. At the border between the Kharkiv and Donetsk regions, the checkpoints suddenly multiply. We are entering the war zone. A crushed tank is being transported towards Kharkiv, and a new or refurbished tank travels south towards the front. I also spot a recreational boat being towed somewhere, but none of the ideas about what it might be doing here seems entirely convincing. The police are holding it at a checkpoint. We stop at a military base outside Slovyansk. In the kitchen, one of the medics shows us pictures on his phone of many recently killed Ukrainian soldiers. There are sliced tomatoes on the table. The medic boils some coffee and pours a few biscuits out of a large bag to go with it. The action is some 30 miles to the east in Bakhmut, where the Russian army keeps sending successive waves of soldiers to their deaths. Perhaps theirs is a grim hope that the lack of concern for human life will impress the Ukrainian side with the thought that only killing every single Russian can stop the invasion. These are the reports you hear. As the Russians come, they step on the corpses of the previous wave, and then another wave arrives. It's a tactic Ukrainian soldiers call meat waves. The Wagner Group sends soldiers recruited from Russian prisons to a certain death as a way to pinpoint the location of Ukrainian troops. 
In nearby Kramatorsk, the liberation of Izum made less of a difference than in Sloviansk. Children cannot go to school and rely on online education. Access to electricity depends on generators, but in an industrial centre as large as the city of Kramatorsk, they are less scarce than elsewhere in the Donetsk region. A few times a week, a rocket lands in the city. When I ask people how much time I should expect between the siren alarm and the rocket impact, the reply comes with a shy chuckle. Two minutes, first the impact, then the siren. We're closer to Bakhmut now, but in relative safety, a safety conditional on Bakhmut holding. So you look for news from the east as much as supplies from the north. I am standing on the bank of the Donetsk River, looking up to the holy mountains. Before me lies the collapsed bridge that connected the hill to the village of Sviatarhirsk, a pile of bombed concrete and iron. The front line in Torshka is very close. Only military vehicles cross the narrow paths from Sloviansk along the frozen Donetsk. The thuds from shelling never stop, and you must watch every step to avoid walking on petal or leaf mines left behind by the Russian troops as they retreated. Made of plastic and looking like an innocent toy, the small winged devices are easy to miss but can cause grievous injuries. We drive with no concern for aircraft above, a telling sign of the failure of Russian aviation. From across the river, the Sviatohirsk cave monastery looks as magnificent as ever, framed by large chalk cliffs resembling the wings of a swan. The cathedral survived the worst of the long battles pitting the Ukrainian troops up on the hills against the Russians occupying the village below. From the summit of this hill, many centuries of Ukrainian history look down on you. There is the monastery, which Patriarch Kirill of Moscow, the primate of the Russian Orthodox Church, visited in 2009, calling it a spiritual fortress of holy Russia. Still higher up is the monument to the Bolshevik leader, Fyodor Sergeyev, known as Artyom, as white as the monastery. Artyom led a kind of 20th century version of the contemporary Russian statelets in the Donbass, but his statue survives. Below it is the destroyed bridge, which has turned out to be the final symbol of the Russian presence in these lands. The village is almost completely destroyed. Few people stayed behind, and they walk the streets like ghosts, heading to the volunteer van bringing bread from Sloviansk. It is the only food available here. One old lady tells me she never left, even during the worst of the fierce battles for Sviatohirsk last year. Many young people from the Donetsk and Luhansk regions left over the decades after independence. Why would you stay in a place with no future, where only the symbols of a dead past remained? As a young volunteer in Kramatorsk told me, many of the young artists and writers you meet in Kyiv will never tell you they come from places like Sviatohirsk. It might have once seemed easy to leave and head west, But the story of Ukraine over the past 10 years is an existential struggle to escape a horrible past. Like a nightmare or a horror movie, history pulls you back just at the moment when you were starting to feel free. The novels by the local acclaimed writer Serhi Jadan capture this double movement, forward and back, with lyrical exactitude. What uncanny ability the Donbass has to represent in the present every past stage of historical development – the steppe, coal mining, Soviet-heavy industry, post-Soviet emptiness. 
But now Ukraine as a whole has returned to the Donbass for a final reckoning with the past. Artillery ranges and their circles have a remorseless logic. If Bakhmut falls, Kramatorsk might need to be evacuated, a repetition of the tragic evacuation in April last year, when the train station was bombed by a Russian missile and 60 people, including seven children, were killed. Many in Ukraine think that Bakhmut won't be able to hold for much longer. But in turn, there are other sections of the front where Ukrainian forces might be able to pierce the Russian defences, especially in Kramina, just east of Sviatahirsk and its monastery. Besides Bakhmut, Russian forces are making a push near Vulodar to the southwest. The stakes could be even higher. If Russia is planning a new offensive in February or March, Ukraine's National Security Advisor Alexei Danilov told me in an interview on the 19th of January that the one-year anniversary of the invasion is a focus point. It would likely take place in the east. Alexander V. Daniliuk, the coordinator of the Ukraine-NATO platform for the early detection and countering of hybrid threats, tells me it could be aimed at encircling a large number of Ukrainian troops, a superstitious attempt to repeat Stalingrad. Andriy Zagorodnyuk, Ukraine's defense minister from 2019 to 2020, thinks the offensive would likely be concentrated in the Donetsk region. And then, if they are successful, they will decide where next, but the Donetsk area would be a definite priority, he tells me. No one knows for sure. The fog of war is dense in the east, so when I visit the presidential administration in Kyiv after returning from the Donbass, I'm looking for a clearer perspective. I meet Mikhailo Podolyak, a main advisor to Volodymyr Zelensky, one of a very restricted group of people the president sees every day. You may remember him from the video recorded the day after the invasion, where the president said, we are all here. He was also part of the initial peace negotiations that took place in Belarus in the days after the invasion, an effort Podolyak says gained some valuable time for Ukraine's defense. While sitting in the office's waiting room before our meeting, I hear him shout at an assistant. There are only three heroes here. The president, the armed forces, and the Ukrainian people who have supported their armed forces. Keeping egos in check is a challenge for every government, but one of vital importance during war. There is no mistaking the mood in the building. Nothing has changed since last year. The multiple security checks, the sandbags spread on the stairs, the darkness along the halls. I notice Podolyak has perhaps a dozen pairs of shoes and sneakers in a corner of his office, which looks puzzling at first. The explanation, of course, is that the president and his main advisors are still living in a deep bunker under the palace and administration, a bunker built during Soviet times to withstand a nuclear explosion. The article will continue after this break. For the text version of this article and all our long reads, subscribe to The New Statesman for just £1 a week for 12 weeks using our special podcast offer. Just visit www.newstatesman.com forward slash podcast offer. If you're enjoying our audio long reads, you might also like The New Statesman's international news podcast, World Review. Twice a week, the international team unpack the most significant stories in world affairs and interview special guests for their unique perspective and expertise. Get better informed with World Review 
available wherever you get your podcasts. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One of the main questions I have is about the exact state of affairs in Luhansk and Donetsk. The regions are experiencing the fiercest battles, Podolyak says, quote, which make up 70% to 80% of the total military operations on the front line. They do not go in large columns, as was customary for Russia, 30, 50, 100 people. And it takes place in different parallel directions, not only in Bakhmut, but also in other directions, in Donetsk and Luhansk. There are both heavy battles and the accumulation of reserves going on at the same time. He adds, this is Russia's last chance to gain the initiative. I ask him to give me as much detail as possible on how a Ukrainian victory would unfold. Ukrainian officials talk a lot about victory, but so far the prospect seems vague and undefined, which makes it more difficult for many in the West to believe in Ukraine's final victory, or in some cases even to take it seriously. Would, for instance, Russia realise its technological gap and withdraw? Will factional conflict in Moscow force the Kremlin to focus on political survival? Will casualties finally become too large for Russian society? I will certainly not tell you what we'll do on the battlefield, Podolyak says, but I will make a small remark. You vastly overestimate the intelligence, the collective intelligence of the Russian Federation. They will not be able to notice the moment when they objectively have begun to lose. They will miss it. 
The historical process is objective, mathematical, he adds, even during war. In his view, the end of the war will unfold more or less in the following way. Russia will embark on some minor offensive actions in a short period of time. A lot of manpower will be lost. After that, it will face a series of significant defeats, three or possibly four on the battlefield. These will be defeats, for example, in the Donetsk direction. Russia will lose the city of Donetsk. These could be defeats in the Zaporizhia direction in the southeast. It will lose the city of Melitopol or Berdyansk, and Ukraine will gain access to the Azov Sea. This could include the loss of Luhansk. Russia's lack of intelligent organization will make those defeats inevitable. This is the problem of modern Russia, and at this moment, Podolyak tells me, the decline of the Russian army will become irreversible. Podolyak does not believe political protests in Russia will play a role in the defeat, but there will be unrest of a different nature, protests of relatives who've lost their loved ones as a large number of wounded and amputees begin to appear on the streets. That will bring about uncontrolled political transformation, he says. At the same time, the republics in the North Caucasus, Kabardino, Balkaria or Tatarstan will go into independent swimming, a Russian idiom that describes how the country could come apart, a process Podolyak thinks will be more deliberate and much more conscious than in 1991. All this is inevitable in his view. Quote, the question is how long it takes. And here it is up to Western democracies to choose. If they want a long and destructive war, they should keep the supply of weapons to Ukraine limited. Quote, you want the war to end quickly and correctly, more weaponry is needed. The less determination there is on this issue, the longer and with more tragic effects the war will continue. Long-range missiles, they allow you to act very quickly, stop any offensive, very quickly destroy the military capabilities of the Russian Federation, and significantly minimize the losses of Ukraine. First of all, to people, and secondly, to preserve the equipment that we receive, including from partners. In order to win, Ukraine needs to take the battle to the entire rear support, the entire logistical infrastructure of the Russian army. The question remains, as he sees it, perfectly mathematical. Mikhailo Podolyak speaks of the, quote, historical process and the laws guiding it. He means the process by which political units rise and fall. In this case, the last throes of the aging Russian Empire and Ukraine's final affirmation as a sovereign nation. Could these processes have happened without a war? Again, the past will often pull you back against your best hopes and wishes. The logic of events does not diminish the devastation and suffering I witnessed everywhere in Donetsk, but it gives them a meaning. And this meaning, in turn, will help shape the war's final outcome. Nothing Prepares You, A Journey Through Ukraine at War was written by Bruno Masayish and read by me, Katie Stallard. If you enjoyed this episode, have a listen to The Belarusian Ultras Who Took On Alexander Lukashenko by Alex Kruger, which is linked in the show notes. This has been audio long reads from The New Statesman. This episode was produced by May Robson. Melissa Deans is the features editor. The commissioning editor was Megan Gibson and the executive producer was Chris Stone. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to like, subscribe, and rate the show.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.